Welcome to the 10 Degree Shift Podcast, where your host, AJ, shares small 10 degree shifts you can make to improve your business, its people, and culture, one shift at a time. Hi, and thanks for listening to the 10 Degree Shift Podcast, where we bring you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to inspire you to support your mind, body, spirit, and your team and company culture so that the work that you do makes a positive, lasting legacy, both for your team, yourself, and the communities that you live and work in. I'm your host, AJ, and today it is my pleasure to have a beautiful guest on board, someone who's far south of me in downtown Melbourne, I believe, and that is Tom Bosner. Tom, are you there? Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And are you in sunny or rainy Melbourne today? Oh, it's very cold and miserable. A little bit, little bit wet this morning, but um, yeah, it should be. It should get nicer today as we go. So that's oh, good. Well, I've already had a trip to the beach, watch the sunrise. We've got sunshine, but it was a nippy nine degrees, which is quite cold for further north. But um, it's. Oh, I'd, I'd take that to be honest. <laughs> I'd take that right now. <laughs> so let me tell you a quick little bit about Tom before we dive into the ten degree shift. And so Tom is the managing director of an amazing company called Pinnacle Health Group, and they're all about inspiring healthy change. You'll you'll see why I wanted to have him as a guest on the show. They're real innovators, I would say, here in Australia in the workplace wellness industry, and they look at the design and delivery of on-site wellness centres as well as some of the interventions that they do with companies such as ANZ, Westpac, you know, those sorts of big companies, as well as I'm sure individuals and smaller companies as well. Tom has been working very closely with organisations on their wellbeing and growing the team and also looking at the culture within Pinnacle Health Group. And um, he was originally a physio, I believe, and so is very big into the movement and thinking about just what are some of the well standards? How can we integrate well-being into the future of work? And I know that since we've all come out the other side of COVID, so much was around well-being and stress. A lot of it was around how much we were sitting, doing Zoom meetings. I'm standing for this recording. You'll be pleased to know, Tom. And um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> really thinking about what are some of the ways we could do work better so that we have a healthy, sustainable future for the delicious humans that we work with. So, Tom, why don't we begin back at the beginning as far as, so physio, or how did you get into that industry first and what was it that inspired you to kind of begin on this path of inspiring healthy change? Yeah, thanks, AJ. It's a good question. It's always nice to start at the beginning. Um, as a physiotherapist, my main my main interest in getting into the profession in the at the very beginning was I was a a very keen sports person as a as a kid, and I'd always end up at the physio clinic with with injuries and whatnot, which is a very common physiotherapy um, story. Um, so a really int- keen interest in human movements, um, the human body, and also um, as I began the profession, I realised that um, by treating lots of clients over a you know, a, a five, uh, now a 15 year period actually, but my, the first five years of my career was in a, in a private practice. And I really, um, really realized that how important movement was to people's, um, wellbeing, but also the, the connection of, um, healthy movement and how that's, um, can have a, 
a, a great impact on the psychological well-being of, of an individual as well. And so my initial interest was in the, the human body only, and I very quickly realised that um, to be a great physio, you had to have a really good understanding of people in general and um, and also how to build connection with them, but also how physical well-being can really impact them at, on a more holistic level. And so that sort of took me on a, a big journey of um, setting up a, a, a business and really trying to add services that complemented not just um, injuries um, and physical body, but actually adding in things like nutrition, um, podiatry, Pilates, psychology, et cetera. And, um, and that's taken me down a, a long rabbit hole of 10 years of, of running um, corporate wellness centres for various companies. Mm. Well, I love all of this and it really aligns with what I believe and I guess my own experience with working with company cultures and as a yoga teacher and therapist. So I know from my um, studies in you know, ancient yogic and Ayurveda, we treat the human body using what's called the Panchamaya model, which is all around we're not just a physical body or, as they say, a bag of, you know, suits. But yeah, yeah you know, vital, energetic body. We have our intellectual and mind. We have our personality. We've got our heart, our soul, all of that stuff. So I love how you came to that awareness of, you know, I guess initially through body and sports, but the integration of all the things. And it aligns really well with what we talk about with 10 Degree Shift. And we actually begin with the body. We begin with moving more. So how is that um, relevant, do you think, to today's workplace environments? You know, if you're looking at creating wellness in workplaces, a lot of people think movement and those sorts of things or sport or activity is part of your personal life and not part of work. How, how do you find that integrates for you in the work that you're doing with companies? Yeah, great question. Um, at the very beginning, when we set up corporate wellness centres, the first one that we set up was um, ANZ, and that's going back 10 years ago. And so my original, um, I suppose, my involvement in the business, besides being the owner, was actually treating the patients in, that were coming down from head office into our wellness centre. Um, and it almost... I almost felt like I became a bit of a, I suppose, like a hairdresser. You, you hear all the gossip of what's going on in the in the company. Um, you're treating people every 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people initially were coming down for, you know, a physical injury, maybe a neck, you know, a bit of neck pain, that kind of thing. Um, and then very quickly you would learn that there was so much more to their to, to what's going on in their life than their neck pain it, it was maybe it was stress at home maybe stress at work um perhaps some other you know mental health type issues that needed um addressing as well but i suppose back to your back to your question um by seeing hundreds of thousands of people in our wellness centers over over the last um 10 years and having lots of different practitioners in their treating um often we just come back to you know the most simple stuff with our patients or our clients and and it can be as simple as um for a person that's sitting too long for example um you know it's as simple as just for these guys it's it's more about they might be getting some um some pain in their back for example or pain in their neck and the and the the real solution for them is actually just moving more and moving more often and so um that sounds like really obvious advice and it actually is but it's then it's then about how do you actually 
kind of create a little, uh, you know, a micro change in in that behaviour. Um, and for most of us, I think what happens is we start with the goal being too big. So um, an example might be, I want to I want to run a marathon in in six months, um, but I haven't ran in a year. Um, so yeah. so I, you know, my goal my goal is basically too lofty for what what my capacity is now. And so. I think, um, in in my opinion, with behavioural change, motivation, which we kind of we we rely on so much for motivation, but but in fact, motivation fluctuates so much. So, you know, back to that person who's sitting at their desk for too long. Um, a, a really simple thing for them to do it, it would be simply. Um, simply getting them to you know stand up for one minute every every hour so setting the setting the actual behavior change really making it really easy for them to do so that motivation isn't always the you know we're, we're not always relying on them to be um to be highly motivated and and with each you know with each time that they're, they're getting that one minute of standing up um per hour it should be more but as mm-hmm. a starting point you would you would lower the lower the expectations on that, that person. Um, the An alternative might be walking, doing, you know, every hour doing a, a quick walk um, for five minutes or so before you come back to your desk. Um, but mo- so motivation is one thing. The other thing is just having an, an, that prompt, I suppose, to make that that behaviour change stick a little bit more. So, so if it's that for every hour um, you're getting a perhaps a reminder pops up on your screen and then you go and do it um, making that prompt really easy um, to, to to execute on I suppose mm-hmm. um, and the other the other part of making that behavior really stick is it, that if you actually do do that that movement whether that's a short walk every hour whether that's a um, a quick stand up and stretch for a minute every hour um, it's actually just sort of celebrating that with yourself so um it sounds really sounds really simple again but behavior change needs to be simple for it to be long-term um to be to have a long-term effect and so celebrating with yourself whether that's you know literally saying to yourself good work tom you've done your your, your five minute walk or um or just you know basically encouraging yourself to to, to do that again so behavior change is created once you it is created by uh, I suppose an emotional connection to the behavior that you're trying to change um, there's a lot of misconception out there that if you do something for 21 days in a row or 60 days in a row then the habit will stick that's actually not correct the science around it is that if you create an emotional um, connection to that behavioral change or and you celebrate it um, that it becomes more sticky right well and we love sticky and so I know for me, it's also one of the things I see is it's so valuable to have the environment support people in making those changes too and and almost like stacking habits together. So um, personal responsibility, absolutely. The person, you know, celebrating the win of I did do my standing for a minute or whatever. Um, but I also mm. encourage things in workplaces like um, the 45-15 rule, as I call it. So everyone works for 45 minutes or all the meetings are only 45 minutes. And then in the 15 minutes at the end of the hour, it's stand up, walk around, make a cup of tea if you need to, go and talk to someone, but make sure there's movement and those sorts of things so that we're not just sitting all day long. And similarly, could we be doing stand up meetings or walk around meetings so that as an employer, we're actually encouraging that level of movement as well. 
That's exactly right. Yeah, really good points there. And I've, I've probably talked more about the individual there, but on, I suppose on a more organisational level for wellbeing to um, to work really well, it's got to be led by the, you know, by the managers and the um, and the peer-to-peer relationships as well can be um, so important. So if you have a, a friend at work who's, um, you know, encouraging um, movement as, a, as an example or, or just, you know, that 45, 15 um, rule being mentioned by your manager, that's, that's going to create like a long-term workplace culture that's, that's all about well-being and that, that obviously is going to increase things like productivity and, and employee engagement um, and therefore everybody's happy at the end of the day. So, um, so yeah, really good points about team culture and, uh, and leadership and I feel like just in general well-being is a leadership responsibility now. I suppose over the years well-being, you know, 10 years ago wasn't as ingrained in workplaces and with COVID-19 as a current issue, we're really seeing leaders having to step up, really lead the way in well-being, mm-hmm. looking after um, their peers, you know, ch- checking in on their staff, and really just um, being great, you know, being emotionally intelligent enough to have human connections with their employees. Um, and that's all. If you think about that in one big, you know, one big circle of well-being, it's, it, you're covering off on on all the main pillars of well-being. Um, but it's got to be driven by the leaders, um, and that's, I suppose, that's what you're talking about. There is that cultural shift and having some, you know, strategies that that drive that with your team mm. or your organisation. So, do you have any examples, Tom? Even if they are on that micro level, individual, or you know, in a culture or a company, have you got any examples where you've seen an organisation that you've perhaps worked with or a leader embrace some? small habits and changes and, and really make a difference? Yeah, I've got one good story or example, and it's from a, it's from a large financial institution. That, that's, te- that's actually tended to become our main clients of, of the banks of Australia. Um, and one of the this, – this person's a manager of around – 300 people um so within the banks there's often managers that are managing huge teams um so this particular manager it's a good example of a well-being champion actually he's a um he's been doing running himself i actually have seen him in as a client many years ago and he came to me as a um a little bit over overweight and more of a gym person than anything else and he set a goal to become a to actually do a marathon and it's it took us about three years of build up for him to get there, but he ended up doing a marathon um, injury free, which was great. So that was the physio side of things. Um, but I've stayed in touch with him over the years and actually have then helped him with his um, large team of people in the organisation that I'm talking about. And so, so his main initiative um, as a manager was um, he opened up the floor to his team. So he had a big team meeting and he talked about his own journey as a, you know, I'm not saying overweight, but he was a former former sportsman. In his, then in his mid-30s, he sort of dropped the dropped the ball a little bit on his um, his own well-being. Yeah. Um, he had a bit of a tra- transformation over a three-year period. He, you know, saw me mainly for injuries, but he did all the hard work himself with um, conditioning and building up to a marathon. So he told that story to his team of 300, um, which was awesome. Firstly, 
why that's awesome is because you've got a leader who's sharing their journey, being upfront with, you know, their own experience with their own well-being, and and not only the physical side of him completing that marathon he also touched on the mental health side of things and maybe some of the you know barriers he's had over over that time um and so the point of sharing that story with his team was actually to then invite them to um you know set their own you know come together and set their own kind of well-being challenge as a team and so with the melbourne marathon um pending the following year he actually um invited his team to participate in the Melbourne Marathon with him um, with the rules or the, you know, the, the, the rough rules being that if um, you can join up to the 5K, the 10K, you know, the half or the full marathon, he didn't actually care. But what he wanted was um, if you sign up to it, he would actually pay um, for the in- the entry fee for those partic- oh, participants in full, um, which is amazing. And, um, and the other part of it was that he wanted to do lunchtime runs twice a week with his team and he would lead those those runs um just as an alternative because I, I i asked him why did you actually do this and he and he said well he just saw that people were going out for coffees at lunchtime and um he saw his team sort of sitting around a lot over those lunch periods and maybe not having good breaks. And he's a he's an executive himself. He's developed some really great, I suppose, high performance habits himself. He knows how to decompress. He knows how to have smart breaks, etc. So, effectively, what he did was he put himself up there as like, "Here's my story. Um, this is what I've achieved. Not not go me, but um, how about you know let's let's try something together as a team and." And by, you know, offering a, I suppose, a money um, incentive or like a payment to that, he was just really showing his commitment to, um, he's seen those healthy changes in himself and he wanted his team to get the benefit of that also. Um, and what he what ended up happening was there was about 80% of people joined in on some sort of activity. So we had people, you know, doing even just 5K, you know, 5K runs. We have people doing some walks instead of running. But um, what he was excited by was that he got a really great um, engagement from his team and instead of those people having coffees at, at lunch or you know having unhealthy you know high carb type lunches and then falling in a heap at 2 p.m um, which these are the things that he told me that he was saying um, he enabled people to um, move <laughs> firstly and yeah. and also the spin-off on on that was of course um you know, people, because they're moving, they've, they've got more energy at work. Um, we also helped him by programming the running part of his plan, which was the, you know, getting his team together. We also then tacked on at the afterwards, we helped him with putting together some nutritional type um, information and plans for some of the people. And we just did that uh, as part of our, you know, pinnacle being close by to that office. So we were happy to help because we thought it was such a great a great story of a leader um, showing true leadership, sharing their story and enabling their people um, to, you know, giving them permission to do do exercise really at work and, um, and, and really nice engaging stories. So there was a lot of like photos and celebration of the team after that. And, and they've can, that was about three years ago and he's actually moved organizations and he started the same thing at this next place. So, um, so yeah, what a legend firstly, and also what a really good, easy example of how you can um, create healthier 
people at work and also how you can inspire healthy changes at a, on a scale, I suppose. Which is fantastic. And I think, you know, beginning with his vulnerability and sharing his story of, you know, becoming unfit and unwell, it makes me think of Rich Roll, one of the ultramen who was a lawyer, you know, and overweight, and he said he had a window mm. dot thing you could order through a fast food window, you know, and how he <laughs> yeah, yeah. became plant-powered and started training and, you know, did it all gradually, but he's now become an ultraman. And I think what what you share in that story is so much of what we look at in the 10-degree shift and, and is modelled on blue zone communities and healthier um, cities around the world where people move more, which then makes them stress less. Um, and the more we move towards more plant-powered, and I guess in a way he was moving them away from the carbs and the coffee, um, but then having that growth mindset of thinking what's possible, what can we do, having some clear purpose of a goal together, and then the shared values of working towards a marathon or half marathon or whatever, like he is ticking all the boxes of what creates a healthy, happy um, culture through doing those kind of initiatives. Absolutely. And the other part of that, which was awesome, because we're one of our offices is right near their main head office with about 5,000 people in the building is every, you know, every Tuesday, Thursday, the run group would come past us and you'd see all the other peers in that particular office looking at this team, you know, 20 20 people, uh, you know, in different groups um, doing these runs and, you know, having a laugh enjoying themselves and, and looking really empowered and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that ripple effect by just by, you know, firstly this this one person um, creating that ripple effect through his team but also then, you know, those those people in his team going chatting with their friends in other little squads or little, you know, scrums or whatever they call it in the corporate, um, in the corporate sector these days um, and, and just having that, you know, sp- spreading that wellbeing message, um, such a great example of that really. And what's awesome is you're right, it's that observer effect and the ripple effect is that will then have an impact on people's family and probably what they go home and talk about and what they eat at home and then the community and even the community seeing them run around the streets. So, when people say, oh, I can't really make a difference, it's so valuable to see how one person can actually make a difference through that. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think I think coming back to that, you know, starting really small is key. So from a, a healthy habit, um, you know, just getting started. I mean, he's he started, it, it sounds like he's actually continuing doing marathons and he's gotten into triathlons. So he's an absolute, absolute gun, but he, but people look at that and go, oh, you've, you must have always been, you know, this maniac fitness guy. He's actually, he actually started, he actually started at a very small, um, you know, in a very small way and he just, he's just been consistent with it. Um, and the reason he's become, that person has become so consistent is mainly because he's created um, repeatable habits, not by his motivation being always high, um, but just by, you know, programming it into his into his day and into his life and he's a he's a family guy he's got a couple of kids so he's he's not a it's not like he's got a, a lot of time he's just smart with um, prioritizing it and also um just just ensuring that it's easily executed on yeah love all of that so i guess before we wrap up i'd love to hear a little bit about what you do as md at pinnacle health and and how do you integrate obviously you know often we're plumbers with leaky taps but if you're you know, teaching other organisations and supporting them to do this. How do you do this internally with your own team and and what's maybe an initiative or something simple that you guys have done? 
Yeah, um, great, great question. And you're right, uh, a plumber with a leaky tap is a beautiful analogy. It's kind of like a um, if you are, if you see any of our physios, half the time they're they're they've got ear injuries that they're carrying and that kind of thing. So it's kind of the same thing. So I've been really conscious of us being a, if we're going to be a, a workplace wellness leader in in Australia and and that kind of thing. What was really important to to me was that we created our own well-being program for our for our staff we've got a team of 70 employees and another say 30 um contractors that are working with us regularly and our team's based in melbourne sydney but we've also got other hubs of australia in the main main cities and so for our our approach to that needed to be our well-being program when we decided to really invest in it and create it and make sure that we we um, we had something that was you know similar to what we offer corporate clients um, is we just needed to make sure that it was scalable and and we could replicate it in the different hubs um, and so we created a program called Pinnacle Life. Um, Pinnacle Life is a well-being program for our employees, obviously, um, and most of our employees are health professionals um but about 80 percent of them are so i'm talking physiotherapists um psychologists massage therapists pilates instructors etc so um a large range of allied health and fitness professionals and so we really i suppose where we started was we had to kind of think about and i'm also a physio by background so i understand the challenges that these employees face which is you're working pretty flat out all day back to back and so for our well-being initiatives probably one thing that we really focused on and it's one of our key initiatives is actually well-being leave um and so well-being leave how we've structured that in our business is that we identified that for our health professionals one of the things that one of the main issues that we sometimes get is we get we can sometimes get a little bit of empathy um, burnout um, because you're caring for so many people all the time and so our whole thing was well what about you know caring you know self-care and, and looking after your yourself and having some protected time in your in your diary um, where you're actually blocking off you know a well-being leave effectively every um every quarter to to ensure that you're doing something for your well-being and so basically um that's our we've got a lot of other initiatives that are part of our well-being program but what we found with well-being leave for our employees is that we would get them they would lock in their leave um and then they would go on that well-being leave we would often get stories back through our hr um platform and our hr person that we have in, in internally um, and we'd have sh- photos of people doing things on their well-being leave that were specific for their well-being so we had different stories that we've shared internally um, so an example has been one person in particular she um, took yeah she had well-being leave she booked in a um, Pilates class that she's been wanting to do for a long time but the because of work um, the timings haven't worked so she's booked in a, a Pilates class that she'd love she then booked in a, a massage on the same day and she um, got some errands done for her 
you know, her personal um, personal life admin, I suppose, as well. And so, you know, her story back to us was it was amazing to have the wellbeing leave because I got to look after myself and do the, these three things that I've been trying to do for, I feel like I've been trying to do it for so long, but this dedicated time's been amazing. Um, we also, I suppose, part of the wellbeing leave is, is also we, we give in, you know, basically monetary, um, exa- you know, um, gifts, I suppose, to people to, to, to cash in on, if you like. So, so that Pilates class that she, um, booked in, that was on us. Um, and also if people are wanting to do any professional development, we'll contribute, contribute to those courses. And sometimes people are doing their wellbeing leave and also maybe starting to study a different interest completely. And we'll, we'll encourage that as part of wellbeing leave. So, that was probably our most, I suppose, our most engaged and our most focused wellbeing initiative. But there's many others that we have, which are very, I suppose, similar to what we would offer a corporate. Um, but really nice to have Pinnacle Life as a, I suppose, an engage employee engagement, um, I suppose, initiative yeah. overall. And it's something that we we're celebrating most months um, and sharing the stories of what we did on our wellbeing leave. Um, and as a, I suppose as the managing director of the business, I being conscious that I need to also do wellbeing leave for myself and share my own stories. And for me, I'm a, I've got two kids that's very um, at home and a, and a wife. So a lot, a lot of my wellbeing leave is literally just having a day off and hanging out with my, my two kids and, and having a good time at the park or something like that. But just really, I suppose, me sharing that story with my team, um, they get to, because we are spread out, um, they get to feel like they I share a bit about my own life and they, they get to know me a little bit more that way. Um, yeah, so that, that's probably the main initiative I that I'd talk about. I love, love, love the idea of the wellbeing leave. And so let me just help at a granular level for people. Um, you're talking about kind mm. of days leave every quarter, so four days a year kind of thing, and where it's encouraged that they do something that's nurturing and that they're, you know, that is supporting their own care and wellbeing. Exactly right, and it, um, yeah. So four four days a week, four days a year. Um, that's paid paid leave as normal. Um, but we're basically just saying up front, you know, every every year um, instead of instead of people burning it, this is this is basically preventable mm-hmm. burnout leave for health professionals because we've we've seen it all the time, and I've been through it myself, where you just basically go too hard too soon and you don't stru- you don't structure in any yes. breaks for yourself and, and for me personally like the four the four a year was kind of around the concept of every 12 weeks you should at least have something in your diary where you're celebrating what you're doing you're reflecting on what you're doing and maybe just some time to grow and learn and, and learn something new and so that whole um, philosophy has been talked about a lot in pinnacle life um and the stories we're getting from our employees is amazing and um yeah it's just a nice way of building building a healthy culture i suppose and and supporting them with whether that's you know whether that's uh, they want to learn something new and supporting them financially with that or maybe it's a physical activity reimbursement type thing to encourage more physical activity um yeah so that that's the main part yeah. And it's so simple, oh, really, and it would be relevant to lots and lots of industries where they have that empathy burnout as well. So that's a super valuable tip for people to take away. And all of you who are listening, who are maybe employers or um, employees, even you might want to suggest something like this at work. I think 
you know, for mental health, physical well-being, and even just reconnecting with family and prioritising that there is life beyond just, you know, seeing clients all day long. That's super valuable. Tom, you've given us so many tips just in your two examples of your um, banking client and your own business. Um, thank you so much for sharing so candidly and really demonstrating good leadership and vulnerability yourself. Um, how might people get in touch with you if they're wanting to go, okay, I'm loving the sound of what Pinnacle Health are doing um, or I want to connect with Tom? How can they do that? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, AJ. It's been a nice nice chat. I hope the stories have helped a few people. Um, yeah, the best connection would be uh, LinkedIn, just Tom Bosner. Um, search for me there and we connect on LinkedIn and we can go from there and book in a chat. Um, basically, it's very common practice for us to be talking with corporates and, and just talking um, or, or even small, you know, smaller businesses as well and just talking about well-being and how we can, um, how they might start I suppose if they haven't started or if you're currently in in the COVID-19 situation trying to figure out how to I suppose transition your staff through this Um, we've also got our own you know strategy and approach to this um, currently so yeah so just reach out on LinkedIn Tom Bosner and you can find me there. Beautiful and that's B-O-S-N-A for everyone who's listening connect with him on LinkedIn that's how I found Tom and originally connected with him. Um, I know for us the work we do in cultures, we always talk about small sustainable changes. So I love the approach you have to habits and making them repeatable. Um, you know, everyone can be healthy and healed and whole and we can really enjoy vibrant at work and in our life. And I think more than ever, business could be a solution for some of the biggest problems that is faced by our world if we just start at that micro level and start small. So you've given us some great little launch pads to get into. Thank you, Tom. Great, AJ. Thanks for having me. And um, for everyone who's listening, make sure you go out there today and think about how can you reduce friction, boost your flow and get back into life. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.